0: To NCFM Today, a podcast about family medicine in the Old North State. I'm your host, Greg Griggs. This month, we'll be providing updates on several key activities from the North Carolina Academy of Family Physicians, including advocacy updates around COVID and Medicaid managed care, as well as information about plans for our annual meeting. We'll also introduce you to our new manager of workforce initiatives. Price, but now here are a few key advocacy updates. In early August, the NCFP Board of Directors issued an open letter to school systems around the state encouraging masking in all schools. The letter drew upon information from the CDC and several national organizations. Given the prevalence of the Delta variant of COVID and the lack of an available vaccine for younger children, the letter calls on school systems to put the health and well-being of children first and require masking or face coverings as students return to school." At the same time, the letter noted the importance of in-person learning for the social and emotional development of children. You can download a copy of the letter from our website at www.ncafp.com. Several NCFP members have used the letter to advocate to their local school systems from Gaston County to Cabarrus County to Davie County to Beaufort County, in Gaston County, three physicians successfully advocated for mandatory masks in schools for at least the first thirty days of school. With family physicians Dr. David Reinhardt and Dr. Crystal Bowe helping lead the charge. In other advocacy efforts, in mid-August, the NCFP, the North Carolina Pediatric Society, and the North Carolina Medical Society sent a letter to Dave Richard. Deputy Secretary for Medicaid in the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services. The letter calls on Medicaid to extend guardrails and safeguards for managed care as primary care offices across the state battle the Delta variant of COVID-19 while adjusting to Medicaid managed care. The letter specifically asks Medicaid for three things. An extension of the time Medicaid beneficiaries have to change their health plan without calls. An extension of the time that out-of-network providers will be treated as in-network providers and an extension of the period where prior authorizations are not needed for services. Given the resurgence of COVID, the organizations are asking that Medicaid extend these flexibilities until the end of 2021. We'll keep members updated on the response we received from Medicaid. Please watch our weekly e-newsletter, NCFP Notes. Joining me now is Perry Price, the new Manager of Workforce Initiatives with NCFP. Perry, welcome to our podcast. Thanks, Greg. So first, Perry, tell us a little bit about what you've been doing before you joined the Academy.
1: Sure. Most recently, I was the Director of Education and Government Relations for the Cary Chamber of Commerce, where I was responsible for all of our interactions with the public school system in Cary working on support for our teachers and families in the school system as well as dealing with all of our elected officials and in maintaining those relationships.
0: And prior to that I understand you worked at the General Assembly, correct?
1: I did. I spent several years as a Senate Legislative Assistant. Um, greatest experience I ever had in the sense of I learned more about myself and the workings of our state than any other place I've ever been.
0: Now, tell our listeners uh, what you're going to be doing here at the Academy.
1: Sure. I am super excited to dive in to the Workforce Initiatives Program, working with our medical students and residents to ensure that they are supported in the pipeline and excited about staying in family medicine and learning more and growing to be their best physician.
0: And part of that is some programming for medical students to try to help get them interested in family medicine, correct? Correct.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Really excited to start working on the summer programs for summer of 2022 and giving our medical students and our residents opportunities to see what an actual family physician does in their day-to-day life. Uh,
0: That's very exciting and kind of continuing some of the programs, but also looking at new things to do to uh, reach our students and our residents.
1: Yeah. One of the things I'm really excited about working on is a new advocacy bent for our students and residents and finding new ways for them to plug in and really advocate for the things they believe in in medicine.
0: So what are your goals moving forward? What What's sort of going to drive you as you start this endeavor?
1: Family medicine is a really interesting subs, subspecialty in that everyone who I have ever dealt with in medicine, had a really positive first experience with their local family doctor. And there's something to that, that we can really grow upon and help inspire a new generation with.
0: I I know part of it is uh, know we've heard uh, family physicians called the renaissance men and women in medicine. And that really resonated with you uh, in a conversation that we were having earlier. You know, what do you think of when you think of your family physician?
1: I think of community leaders and I think of very strong individuals who have made a commitment to make an impact on their community.
0: Uh, It's patients, families, and communities. It's right in our mission that we talk about. how we can serve our members to help them serve their community. So, Perry, it's great to have you on board. How can people uh, get in touch with you?
1: Sure. Please shoot me an email anytime. Um, My email is perry, P-E-R-R-Y, at ncafp.com, or feel free to call call me here, and I'd love to chat with you.
0: That's been Perry Price, our new Manager of Workforce Initiatives here at the NCFP. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Greg. Recently, the NCFP asked our members to provide feedback on the administrative burdens they face in practice and what the NCFP may be able to do to help address those burdens. You answered, and we're listening. 38% of our members listed electronic medical records as the top area of frustration in practice, followed by prior authorizations mentioned by 27% of our members. When asked about what takes the most time away from patient care, the same two items ranked the highest. When asked what one area can the NCFP focus on to help with administrative burden, there were some more nuanced responses from our members. Eliminations of prior authorizations based on a performance threshold ranked first with over 31% of our members ranking it the highest interoperability of medical records and data exchange came in second with 23% of the vote. And moving away from fee-for-service to value-based payment or a bundled payment of core primary care service was ranked third with 21% of the vote. The NCFP Advocacy Committee and our board recently reviewed the data and began developing a plan to address these concerns. Some of the next steps include... Developing education on what is required in electronic medical records and how to more effectively and efficiently use EMRs, continuing NCFP's involvement in groups to better align quality metrics across payers, presenting the results to key health insurance companies in North Carolina, and discussing a set of possible options to mitigate the administrative burden of prior authorizations with our state's insurance companies. While these are not all the steps the NCFP plans to take to address these issues, these represent a few steps we can take at the state level to address member concerns. Watch our weekly e-newsletter, NCFP Notes, for additional information about our work. Now for a few quick updates on continuing education provided by NCFP. Joining me for this discussion is our Vice President and COO, Brent Hazlett. Brent, thanks for joining us.
2: Well, Greg, thank you for requiring me to be here.
0: We recently completed the fourth virtual meeting that we have held during the pandemic. Can you talk a little bit about what we've learned in terms of providing online CME?
2: Sure. Uh, first, this is something we've discussed as Academy for years, the the ability and the desire to have a hybrid and or virtual meeting so you know good or bad the pandemic did give us an opportunity to explore a little bit in that arena i think we discovered that you can still provide quality high quality education in a virtual space i think we discovered that many people actually prefer it and uh, certainly people desire it and um i think we discovered that shorter lectures are uh definitely something that people prefer
0: yeah, for our summer meeting that we've just held, did a lot of thirty and forty-five minute uh, lectures. That seemed to really work.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And we did not do that right out of the gates. And uh, you know, the course of the last eighteen months, I think we've all discovered that Zoom fatigue is a very real thing. So as we've gone through and learned what to do differently throughout the course of these four offerings, I think having shorter lectures. Uh, having more frequent breaks has definitely been
0: one of the main things we've learned. Uh, Can you talk about the success of our online CME offerings, especially our virtual symposium, which we just held earlier in August?
2: Absolutely. I think we've been really pleasantly surprised with the number of people we've been able to reach. Uh, The drop-off, really, we have not really had any drop-off throughout uh, the course of the pandemic. We've had uh, close to 200 people on most of our offerings. That's been amazing. We're reaching people that quite honestly, we might not see at our, our live meetings. So that's been a blessing and the feedback we've received been very positive. It's also given us an opportunity to work with different program chairs and people that might not be able to bite off an annual meeting, but they can tackle uh, a one day CME, CME event like you know, Dr. Tamika Hall just did an amazing job at the summer symposium. And we're able to have speakers, introduce new speakers that we have not uh, used before and frankly have done an amazing job.
0: You know, it it really seems that virtual CME is really going to become a permanent part of our offerings. You know, what's your response to that?
2: I think it probably is. Uh, Absolutely want to always have the live annual meeting. But as we've kind of struggled with hitting a critical mass at our live sort of regional events, I think this might be the perfect uh, reconciliation of that is having uh, shorter, more frequent online, live, I mean, virtual events, uh, rather than having to have a live event all the time. Uh, that said, I still worry about a hybrid event, like something that is both live and virtual. I still worry is not a great way to to educate our members, but that's something we're still trying to work out. So
0: probably a mix of some virtual events and some live events like our annual meeting. Absolutely. So speaking of our annual meeting, uh, we're hoping and planning to have our first in-person event since the pandemic began in December uh, at our Winter Family Physicians Weekend in Asheville. Can you tell us a little bit about what's on tap for the annual meeting?
2: Yeah, so we were super excited to have a live meeting again. It has been a very long time. It will have been two years uh, by the time we get together in December, and we are very much optimistic that that will take place uh, live and we've been adamant about it being live only and, and not a hybrid because we feel like a hybrid uh, isn't really a great situation for people to actually pay to be there in person. So hopefully uh, things subside a little bit here and we're able to have this in person, uh, but we are excited to to have everyone back at the Grove Park in Asheville. Um, and I know you guys are all excited
0: to, to be at that meeting as well. And a couple of different workshops we're having this year, some uh, preceptor training, the Society of Teachers of Family Medicine coming in to work with us on that. Also, some presentations by folks like Libby Baxley with ABFM. There are other presentations that stand out to you.
2: Right. It's, uh, you know, someone like Dr. Shan giving given STD Update is always a, a popular lecture. Uh, we've got uh, a number of folks that are that we're bringing back that are they're highly sought after giving great lecture topics that we always love to have at the Grow park obviously we take a lot of pride in high quality cme and and this will be no different and we are hoping to streamline this a little bit more make it a little less busy and less hectic than i know that meeting can be sometimes give people a little bit more flexibility and space
0: uh certainly is a priority of ours Well, that really uh, brings us right to some of the safeguards that we're trying to put in place to bring our members back together for an in-person event. Can you talk about some of those safeguards? Sure. We'll definitely
2: have a few less people than probably accustomed to having at the Grow Park Inn uh, at this event. We're going to have less exhibitors, which obviously brings less people with it as well. Uh, We're going to have two people per six feet at the tables and make sure they're spaced out pretty well uh we are requiring a vaccination for everyone that doesn't have a medical reason not to have one and for those that do have a medical reason um we're going to ask them to wear a mask uh so there are going to be safeguards like that in there um obviously we want this to be in person and we really don't want to have to pivot to a virtual format the safety of our members is our first priority so we're going to be monitoring things over the course of the next two months and we'll Uh, we'll navigate that and make any changes, but we'll make everyone aware well in advance
0: before we get up there. Well, Brent, thanks for joining us and talking a little bit about our annual meeting.
2: Absolutely. Thanks, Greg. Hope to see everyone in uh, December.
0: As we close, I'm excited to announce that September 1st, we'll be adding a second monthly podcast for our portfolio entitled The Family Doctor, Lessons Learned, Wisdom Shared. Dr. Thomas White will interview renowned colleagues and ask them to share the lessons they have learned in their career. Expect to be moved and enlightened by their wisdom. Dr. Lee Beatty, another family physician, assists by serving as producer and sound engineer. The first episode will be released September 1st. Thanks again for listening to the August edition of NCFM Today. You can find NCFM Today on the Apple or Google stores, on Spotify, or wherever you subscribe to podcasts. You can also find it on our website at www.ncafp.com. We encourage you to rate the podcast, review it, and subscribe on the Apple or Google store. That'll help us increase our reach. Until next month, this is Greg Griggs.